welcome back to another episode of Random Trek, the podcast where I, your host, Scott McNulty, talk about a random episode of Star Trek with a non-random guest. My non-random guest tonight is Lisa Maria Martin. Lisa, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, gosh. Um, well, uh, for, for work, uh, I am an independent consultant in content strategy and information architecture. I'm based in Washington, D.C. And uh, for fun, I like to knit and uh, apparently watch Star Trek. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. These days I'm working on uh, Deep Space Nine uh, because I, I actually never watched it back in the day. So I'm getting through it now. What, uh, what season are you up to? I think I'm towards the end of season two, possibly the beginning of season three. Uh-huh. I, I don't keep track very well. You know, when you're doing it on Netflix, you right. sort of lose track of which number you're on. You're just binge watching. Next yeah, episode, basically. please. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So Deep Space Nine is my bar none, and I've said this a million times, so people who listen to this podcast are, I'm sure, bored to death by this. But bar none, my favorite, well, the best Star Trek series, I think. My favorite is The Next Generation, but uh, I think that Deep Space Nine is the best overall. Uh, so that leads me to my question for you. What is your favorite Star Trek series? Okay, well, um, Deep Space Nine is certainly very good. Uh, I am enjoying it. The Next Generation is sort of excellent. I mean, you can't really say it's not your favorite. I mean, it is my favorite, but but oh. here's my here's my qualifier. I really do like Enterprise. I am a huge fan of Enterprise. I know I'm literally the only <laughs> fan of Enterprise. Everyone listening to this podcast is going to be like, who is this woman? Where did you find her? Um, but I, I actually have a very special place in my heart for that show. It's terrible. Don't get me wrong. Um, there's some terrible acting. There's some terrible writing. It, it is just, I love it. And I have to, I have to defend it while I'm here. So this is, this is interesting because you are the first person on this podcast who has ever expressed a love, (laughs) not just a like, but a love of Enterprise. Because as I've said before, I like all Star Trek. Uh, so I'll watch an Enterprise episode, but I will not seek out an Enterprise episode unless it's from (laughs) season four, because I think that's when they actually got pretty good. So. Explain, explain how this can be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, hmm, how, how do I defend it? Um, you're not, you don't have to defend no, it. That's, uh, that's what I'm doing, though. You're like, no one's ever said this. I mean, I, I, look, I, I feel things very strongly, so I, I rarely like something. If I'm into it, I'm, I'm really into it. So there's that. But um, for me, it's, it's two things that I like about Enterprise. Uh, one is that it really was the first Star Trek series that I undertook to watch with any real dedication. Ah, uh, okay. So that's, so that's this... sort of, it was sort of my way in, in some mm-hmm. ways. I, I certainly, you know, growing up, obviously the next generation was on TV randomly and, you know, I'd catch episodes of it all the time, but, but I was a kid. It's not, not quite the same. You know, when you're, when you're like 10, it's, it's a show that has grownups in it, but you're allowed to watch it. You know, it wasn't like adult TV that was sort of segregated and only on at night. It was like TV that was accessible, but it, it was a, a grownups TV show. So um, I caught a lot of it that way. And then I would see episodes of the original series from time to time. But Enterprise was the first time I sat down and watched episode after episode. Um, just I don't even remember why. It was kind of a random thing at the time. Um, but the second reason that I, I really like Enterprise is because it's so I like the gap that it fills in the canon. I like the fact that it's the first chronologically, it's the first uh, crew that we're watching. So to me, it feels like it connects what we're dealing with in in whatever year I was watching it. But let's say 2014, it, it connects the modern day with this future of Star Trek in a way that the other the other series didn't do for me. Well, I, you know that that I think 
the first season, not season, the first series that you watch kind of seriously of Star Trek ends up being your favorite, which is why The Next Generation is my favorite, even though I think Deep Space Nine is a better series, uh, because I have a special place in my heart. So it sounds like you have a special place in your heart <laughs> for Enterprise. And while I give Enterprise grief, and I will say that it is my least favorite series, uh, um <laughs> uh, it is still Star Trek, obviously, and I, I understand. I like the aesthetic of it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was just um, disappointed by the execution. Um, well, I mean, there's it has its moments, but I, I, this is what when people are always like, oh, but they're such terrible episodes. I'm like, <laughs> TNG uh, well. had the one where the transporter turned them into children. You're really going <laughs> to give me crap over Enterprise? Like, really? really? Well, every, every series has its bad moments is my point. Well, you know, as I'm finding out through this uh, show that I'm hosting here, uh, there's uh, something like 681 entries in my, my spreadsheet of episodes and movies. And if you have 681 of anything, you're going to have some bad oh, yeah. things. And so, you know, uh, and uh, The Next Generation had seven seasons. Deep Space Nine had seven seasons. Voyager, I think, had seven seasons as well. So you're going to get some bad episodes in there. They tried to do certainly a very ambitious thing for the time with mm-hmm. with the overarching storyline, with the Zindi saga. So I respect what they were trying to do there. Um, I really uh, – I enjoyed the characters of Trip and T'Pol in particular. I thought they were very well-developed characters, well-acted characters. And I didn't hate Bakula. In fact, <laughs> I, that was the first time I'd ever seen Bakula in anything. So I kind of appreciated him for what he was. Uh, despite the fact that everyone apparently hates him in that. Go ahead. <laughs> hate, Go hate, ahead. Hate is a strong word. <laughs> but uh, uh, Scott Bakula, such a charming man, uh, or such a charming actor. I don't know. He could be a jerk in real life. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I feel like they made that character of Captain Archer kind of a uh, sourpuss, uh, even though he has a cute dog. And so it's it kind of like, why are you wasting Scott Bakula on this sourpuss character? <laughs> Give him a little I, fun. <laughs> I liked that he... I, felt like he was trying to create uh, um, a captain who was sort of a cross between Picard and, and Kirk mm. because he really he really had I thought he studied for the part maybe by watching Kirk because he had that swagger he had that kind of cowboy thing happening but yet the the series itself was was in a place that that could not be cowboy you know like that was just not what the mission was that's not what that series was was doing and so it was sort of tempered with this attempted diplomacy that was coming from the Picard side so i i kind of liked that character that was that was that intersection it had its moments certainly <laughs> i am not here to tell you you are wrong because you are not i think all fandom is valid so whatever <laughs> star trek speaks to you uh is good but i will admit i never thought i would have someone on the show who uh has Enterprise as their favorite series. Uh, History. Well, there you go. This is this is a historic <laughs> episode. I thought for, I thought I would never have someone who had Voyager as their favorite series, and yet I've had several people. So you may just be opening the floodgates. There could be a lot of uh, repressed Enterprise love out there. Yeah. Uh, and they don't want yeah. to admit it because I keep pillaring the, the Enterprise, and they're like, oh, well, this guy's a jerk. I'm not going to tell him that I actually like this show. You hear that, Enterprise fans? Rise up. Yes. Come on. Don't let this guy push you around. He's not the boss of your fandom. <laughs> That's right. I'm a jerk. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Love Enterprise all you want, uh, even though only the fourth season is really good. But <laughs> be that as it may. Uh, but we are not here, sadly, for you. We didn't get an Enterprise episode. We did not. The fates did not favor me. 
we're, we're going to talk about a Voyager episode. Uh, we're going to talk about season two, episode two, Initiations, uh, which features heavily Commander Chakotay. And I, I'm going to try to say Chakotay correctly and not refer to him as Commander Chipotle. But I make no promises. Sure, uh, sure. Just know that it is not, I am not uh, disparaging him because, in fact, Chakotay is probably one of my favorite characters on Voyager. So uh, even though they don't really do much with him, uh, and every time they do, it's always something to do with his Native American ancestry, which I think is kind of a cop-out. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Uh, so there you go. Now, this episode, speaking of his Native American ancestry, this oh episode my. starts <laughs> with uh, Commander Chakotay off in a shuttlecraft uh, that uh, Captain Janeway let him borrow so that he could do this uh, Native American ritual to uh, remember his father's spirit. Uh, I forget the name of the ritual, but... The Pakra. Pakra, yes. And I didn't... I was going to look up to see if that was an actual ritual, but... It I is did. not. Oh, okay. I well. looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that seems even more, even lamer that they didn't have a real ritual well, that they make them do. I looked it up because because it gave me some weird feels, right? You know, it's I'm, I'm starting this episode and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Native American, uh, are they? Does he have a tribe in particular? You know, are, are they really building up some authentic uh, expression of his heritage, or are we just using some mysticism here? Uh, mysticism, I believe. Yeah, yeah, turns out. So I, I had to look that up. I didn't want to, you know, inform myself too much about the episode, but I, I did feel the need to check on it because because I was like, I feel like I feel like we're just kind of using this um, this ethnic background as as a prop, mm-hmm. and that feels disingenuous and bad. And I don't like that they did that. <laughs> so well, if you're going to watch Voyager, you're going to see a lot more instances of uh, them using. Yeah. Well, not a lot because they. Chakotay is very underutilized, but when they do, they really Native American it up. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was like they, they got the pan flutes playing in the background. I mean, it was like, oh, what is happening here? And and again, you know, they, they don't give him a particular tribe. They don't, you know, there's no, there's no specificity to it. It's just all Native American culture boiled down to, I'm going to sit here with a, a deer skin and a rock and, and remember pray my to ancestors. the spirits. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not okay. It's racist. Um, and yeah. and it, I was I was also coming from the first episode of of the series, not to jump into a different episode, but uh, there's a comment that Paris makes where he says something like, "Don't your people have a spell to turn into birds and fly away, or something like that?" And I was like, "I'm sorry, what? Did you just say that?" <laughs> it was so, a different time. Yeah, I mean, it was the '90s. I don't know. I, going into this episode, I was just kind of like, "Okay, what racist thing am I going to see now?" Um, <laughs> And boom, right off the bat. And right, we just get right into it. Yeah, uh, and it's the, I mean, I, I don't know if I, well, yeah, it's pretty much uh, racist. And it's kind of yeah. like the worst racist kind where it's like, well, we're trying to be open and show, you know, respect his culture uh, yeah. by just making it up and making it look authentic, it, kind it of. It definitely had a, a 90s diversity feel. Like they yes. were trying, the writers were trying really hard to to show people of color. And I I support that that endeavor. Like that's great, but they did it in the laziest way possible. So good job, yes. guys. Good <laughs> a job. A plus <laughs> for racism. Yeah. And then we switch to uh, a Kazon ship. Ooh, the Kazon, which are the probably the lay the lamest. Um, aliens ever i think they're kind of uh, low rent klingons well uh, yeah I, I haven't seen them before except in the you know first episode that i watched to prep and mm-hmm. and they strike me as a cross between like their culture is very klingon they look a little klingon crossed with oompa loompas 
and possibly the cast of Cats. That's that's basically what's happening there. They actually have lovely makeup jobs, but that's the the effect that comes out of it. Yes, they have an interesting look. Uh, they got a lot of crap in their hair. I don't know. Oh what yeah, that means, what is in their hair? Is it clay? It shells? looks like bones, maybe or something. They just, I don't know. Powdered sugar? What what's happening up there? <laughs> yes, it's a, a delicious confection that the Kazon wear <laughs> for when they're hungry as they're, they're battling. They're pastries, really, is what we're getting at. <laughs> delicious, delicious pastries. But they they appear to be. Uh, I I mean, I assume they figure prominently in Voyager. Uh, because that's their area of space, apparently. But yes. they they seem to be. Uh, I like what you said, low rent Klingons. They're they have less technology than the the Federation, so they, they seem very interested in like what are these transporters? What are these things you have? And yet, not that interested <laughs> <laughs> because they're we reject your your technology and we don't need it because we are tough. I guess I don't know. We're very busy uh, trying to kill people for no apparent reason. That's right. And so unbeknownst to Chakotay, he has wandered into Kazan territory. Well, they just make up where their territory is. That's, so that's true. It's hard. They don't use they maps decided. as we find out in this uh, episode, which made me think, how do they find anything then? I mean, right. they have spaceships. They need maps. <laughs> I would think. Anyway, I don't know. They have trouble with water, too. That's why uh, the, the Kazan... I don't really understand the Kazon because in the first episode, I think, or the first in the first season, they make this big deal about how they can't get water, uh, and yet they have giant spaceships. And I'm like, how do you have spaceships if you don't have water? It seems like you should concentrate on the water problem first. But Mm-mm. what do I know? They're kind of a clumsy, clumsy species. <laughs> like they really get your <laughs> together, Kazons. Come That's on. Right. God damn it. Uh, and so the Kazons find uh, Chakotay and they say, hey, there's this little shuttlecraft. Uh, why don't we send uh, a 13-year-old to prove that he is a man, basically, have his bar mitzvah by blowing up uh, this uh, human uh, or federation, as they call him, uh, because we don't like him and he's in our territory. So they say, hey, Carr. Uh, I don't know if they actually call it. Yeah, they call him Carr, uh, which is also a super lazy name. <laughs> go go in the little ship and blow up this uh, shuttlecraft. Carr is played by the same actor who plays Nog in Deep Space Nine. Oh, that's where I recognized him from. Yes. So it was very, very strange for me because I kept thinking, why are you doing this, Nog? <laughs> that's, I kept looking at him going, he looks familiar. I don't know. His voice. I mean, he's a good actor, actually. I was very impressed with just the way he was able to pull off this kind of like super aggressive 13-year-old boy thing. Uh, I, I kind of I thought he, he put in a good performance. So he hopped into his little spaceship and off to blow up uh, Commander Chakotay. Uh, he doesn't really do a great job of it. He uh, shoots Chakotay, uh, well, Chakotay's shuttlecraft, and Chakotay uh, opens a hailing frequency, and he's like, hey, why are you shooting me? Let's be friends. Uh, and uh, Carr is like, no, I have to kill you. Uh, and Chakotay's like, all right, I warned you. Uh, and in, like, two seconds, he disables uh, Carr's ship and... Uh, says, okay, well, Carr, you should get on your, your escape pod because your ship's going to blow up. This, this scene really, I think, set the tone for the, the whole interaction throughout the episode between these two characters, uh, where Chakotay is like, I will not fight you. I will not fight you over and over and over again. <laughs> and Carr is like, I'm your executioner. Like, it is, that's the whole episode. The it, whole episode right there. Pretty much is uh, Carr being a jerk and Chakotay being like, I, I don't want to fight. <laughs> I'm super peaceful, man. I'm here to be cool and let's all just be cool. That's right. My people have learned the ways of Oh, my- God, yeah. <laughs> he does uh, throw in a few of those. He does. He does. <laughs> uh, and so Carr is uh, 
unconscious on his ship. So Chakotay beams him over to the shuttlecraft. Uh, his ship blows up. Car ship blows up. Uh, Chakotay b- binds Car because Car has uh, expressed that he is probably not uh, going to be happy about this situation. Uh, he's pretty. He's pretty upset. He is. He wakes he's, up. He's like, "You should have killed me. You should have mm-hmm. let me die. I would have died in battle. It would be honorable." Blah blah. Klingon, etc. Exactly. And Chakotay's like, "Why would you want to die? Uh, I'll just send you back." Because then, uh, as they're having this little discussion, uh, the main Kazon ship appears, and Chakotay's like, "Well, hey, kid, what's your name? I'll uh, tell them you're on board. They'll pick you up. I'll leave. Everything will be cool." Simple, easy peasy. Episode over. <laughs> like, like, let's just drop you off after soccer practice at your mom's house. It's exactly. cool. It was just a misunderstanding. I'm gonna leave. I didn't even know I was in the area. <laughs> are they? Are they in a phase at this point in Voyager where uh, they just they don't understand the Kazon very well, or is this the Kazon being totally weird and and not meeting their expectations? Well, they have encountered the Kazon several times before, but they don't know too much about them. Okay, uh, okay. And the Kazon have not been uh, too interested in sharing knowledge, shall we say. That's weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because the, the Voyager has replicators and transporters, and the Kazon don't have any of these things. But you think they'd want to have some kind of strategic partnership, but they, they want uh, to conquer uh, and so as we find out, because Chakotay is like, hey, uh, Kazon Vessel, I've got Car here, I'll bring him over, and uh, I'll be on my way. They do not res- Well, they do respond in that they lock on a tractor beam and pull him into the big ship uh, and take him prisoner. Uh, and then you, you would think, oh, he's a prisoner, and now Car is going to go off and do whatever it is Kazon boys do. Uh, but no, Car is also a prisoner because he didn't kill Chakotay, and he did not have uh the wherewithal to die in battle uh so he has been dishonored i guess he's he's yeah yeah he's just done a a really good job of not being a kazon and now he's basically in limbo where they're not going to really let him be a kazon they don't know what to do with him that's right he's not going to get his his agla name because he hasn't killed somebody he's schrodinger's kazon now (laughs) that's right uh, and so Chakotay is like, what the heck is going on? Why are you in jail with me? And Car's like, you don't understand, man. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, and neither does the audience. So please explain it to right. us. We're like, we don't, we don't know what's going on. Uh, and, uh, then Voyager, uh, we cut to Voyager and they're like, Hey, where's, uh, where's, uh, the, the shuttlecraft. And, uh, they can't find it because – oh, wait. No, actually, this is, I, I skipped ahead. I, I missed the important Neelix oh, scene. Very important, <laughs> uh, completely stupid Neelix scene. <laughs> Which can – you know, uh, I don't like Neelix, <laughs> uh, but I think he has a good moment in this episode. This scene, the first scene he's in is not that moment. No. Basically, he's with Captain Janeway, uh, who I also like. And he's like, oh, I, I'm the cook and the morale officer, but I really could be doing more. And Captain Janeway is... I feel underutilized. That's right. And uh, Captain Janeway is like, well, I don't know if you're really underutilized. I don't know how much you have to offer. She doesn't say that, but you can sense it. Uh, she actually does a really good job of, of, of conveying a lot through what she doesn't say. <laughs> yes. Like, she doesn't... Uh, yeah. So she says, is this all because you weren't invited to our defense exercises on the holodeck? And uh, he's like, yeah, basically. And she's <laughs> like, okay, well, next time... You'll be invited. Uh, Very purposeful scene that really tells us a lot. Yes, you know. it's super <laughs> important, and uh, that it should not have been cut in any way. <laughs> uh, and then she says, okay, well, let's go to the, the – she gets called to the bridge, and she's like, hey, Neelix, why don't you join me on the bridge since you feel so sad? 
And so Neelix is like, okay, I will come. And they walk through a door, and they're on the bridge. <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> Not a big trip, but uh, makes Neelix happy. Uh, and this is where we find out that uh, Chakotay has not responded or checked in for six hours. Uh, and this makes me think, wouldn't they get a little nervous, uh, like three hours, two hours? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but apparently six hours is the cutoff. And they can't raise him, uh, can't handle his shuttlecraft because, his, unbeknownst to them, his shuttlecraft was damaged, uh, and so he could not call to them. And so uh, Janeway's like, okay, beam up the away teams and let's go follow uh, where Chakotay should be and we'll find him. Uh, and then, so, yeah, this episode does not have many intricate uh, B story. In fact, it has no B story. No, uh, no, the, I thought there was going to be something with Neelix, but it really just all kind of gets subsumed into the A story. So. Yes. So That's, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to have 18 million stories with every episode. No. Uh, this episode is straightforward. It's a story of Chakotay and Carr. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in retrospect, I feel like maybe maybe a captain shouldn't just give a, a runabout to a, a commanding officer to just go off into strange space by themselves for hours. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, that's an idea. Well, you would think that Chakotay could just have done his ritual on Voyager, but... Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about his fake tribe, so... It's very mystical. We probably wouldn't understand. That's right. And apparently they were, like, orbiting a planet, so couldn't he have just beamed down to the planet and gone somewhere far away from everybody else and done his uh, little ritual? Well, uh, I have so many questions. <laughs> there, really, there really are so many questions. <laughs> uh, so we're back on the Kazon ship. Chakotay and Carr uh, are taken to a big room uh, where Chakotay assumes he is going to be executed and he says, uh, and in come uh, the, the main, the head guy of the, the, the ship, whose name I cannot remember. Uh, Halas, maybe? Is that it? Halas is the second in command. Uh, is it Razik? First guy, Re- Razik? Razik? Razik. Ugla Razik. <laughs> Uh, someone, I don't know. What, don't ask me how I remembered those names. Uh, I don't, I don't someone, know. Someone's someone's going to send me an email about this. So <laughs> <laughs> correct me because I know I'm wrong. <laughs> Chakotay is uh, un. Oh no! This is the he, um, he. They are in this big room, and this is a jail, and uh, also a trophy room. I guess I don't understand. They they seem to put the the outfits of the dudes they kill on the wall yes. as trophies, or um, the dudes that have killed them. <laughs> Right, you know, you know, because that's what you should you should probably pin some shirts to a wall. That makes a lot of sense. I guess I don't. And know. they they try to intimidate Chakotay with this, like we're gonna put your uniform up here, man. Look out, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, and then uh, it, it's very strange. Uh, and yeah, and this is where Carr says, "Oh, look, this is the bracelet of the guy who killed my brother, but he got his name because he died in battle." Uh, and Chakotay's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> This is this is when we start learning that that Carr is really into this getting my name thing. Yes, he really and wants the whole his culture name. is into it. Like this is a big goddamn deal. It you is. get your name by killing a dude, and and otherwise you're nothing. And the well, whole episode kind of focuses on that. Yes, it's either you you kill a dude or that du- dude kills you, and then right. you get your name because you've died in battle. And Carr is in this this uh, in between because he didn't kill Chakotay, obviously, but Chakotay didn't kill him. So now he's like. Great, thanks. Just kill me, Chakotay, <laughs> and there and will be no problem. Is this where Razik offers offers to let Chakotay kill him then and there? Yes. This uh, is that moment, right? And uh, Chakotay says, I don't kill children. And uh, and, and I'm thinking, uh, dude, you just gave your prisoner a weapon. <laughs> yes. What is happening? He, hand, he hands him a, a, 
Uh, actually, that happens uh, in, in a little uh, in one second. This is when Razik comes. Oh, did in. I jump ahead? Oops. You did because uh, and not, that's not a problem. But the, it's a confusing couple of segments because Razik does come in and he says, "Hey, Chicote, uh, you were in." This is where we find out they have no maps. Uh, that's and, right. And Chicote says, "Oh, I'm sorry." Uh, and then Razik says, "Well, tonight there will be an execution," uh, and that th- that that execution is where they give him a weapon. Uh, but before they do that. They find, we switch to the Voyager, and Voyager finds debris, they beam it on, and oh no, it's not Chakotay's shuttlecraft, but we find an ion trail, so let's follow that to find Chakotay. Uh, we don't really need to spend much time on that, because that's all they do. <laughs> <laughs> and now we are at the point where, uh, and I got this confused myself, this is where uh, Razik brings a couple of little boys uh, and Chakotay and Carr into this room, and he says to Chakotay, okay, Chakotay, now here's your chance. Here's a gun. Kill Carr. <laughs> uh, I'm like, you're handing the prisoner a weapon. And uh, Chakotay is like, uh, oh, well, before that, Chakotay's like, oh, you just want these kids to see their first human. And I want to show them that I'm good and nice. We need uh, to go through that little peace exercise. Exactly. Like, I harbor no ill will towards you. I will not fight you. Everything will be cool. Yep. And, and then, the, the three kids that are there are like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I want to kill you. Who, they can are I so kill him? into killing him. When can I kill him? <laughs> and Chakotay is perplexed by this because he... Uh, it doesn't really make sense why he's perplexed this because he was not, in fact, a Federation officer. He was uh, part of the oh, what's the name of the group? McKee. McKee. Yes, thank you. Uh, so he was not, you know, not McKee aren't child killers, but they are basically terrorists in uh, the Federation and Starfleet. Uh, they have their reasons, but they're still terrorists. So you would think he might understand a little bit about this, but well, uh, I, I think they're going for a little bit of a noble savage thing there, which is mm, again, getting back to the racism, you know, but he has to be like this uber peaceful dude now so that he can sort of have that, that nobility. Okay. He can teach these people, right? He can change them. <laughs> I right. mean, major cultural clashes here, but he can definitely change them. He, he's going to try, but so they, they don't buy it. Uh, Chicote, they basically say, okay, well kill car, uh, and fix your mistake. And here's a, here's a gun. <laughs> and Chicote is like, well, thanks for giving me a gun. And he takes uh, the main dude hostage and says, okay, give me my shuttle. Uh, and they're like, what? We won't give you your shuttle. Uh, and the main dude, Razik, says, well, uh, give him a shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> Seems I don't, like I, a good idea all exactly. of a sudden. Why, why not? And so Chicote says, hey, Carr, do you want to come with me? And Carr thinks about it, and he goes with him. He doesn't seem happy to do it. He seems conflicted. But he decides to go with him. Yes, because he knows that there's not much. He's either just going to die on uh, the ship. He's not going to get his name. So maybe he thinks at least if I go with Chicote, maybe there's a chance somehow I can get my name. Uh, but it seems like that is unlikely. So off they go. They jump into the shuttlecraft and they fly out. Um, and I guess they've disabled... Carr has disabled the weapons on the ship because a 13-year-old would be able to do that sure. for this entire giant ship that they're on. Because and the, the disabling lasts all of, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean... And then they start firing at them. And uh, successfully firing at them. And uh, so Chakotay's like, well, quick, computer, find us a Class M planet. And so the computer finds a Class M moon uh, that is apparently, according to Carr, an Oogla training moon... <laughs> Called Tarok. 
There are so many Class M planets just floating around in space, man. <laughs> They're everywhere. So many of them. Whenever you need one. There's, there is always one nearby when you need one. That's right. Uh, so they go over there uh, to the Class M moon, uh, being pursued by the, um, the, the Kazon ship. Uh, they get within, uh, well, a little bit outside of safe transporter range, uh, but Chakotay, knowing that his ship is not going to last long, is like, well... Might as well give it a try. And so they, they attempt to transport onto the Class M moon, and the shuttle is destroyed. And that would be when it would cut to commercial, although there are no commercials now, because we're watching it on streaming. Uh, and uh, then Bolana, we switch back to Voyager, uh, and Bolana says, oh, this debris is Kazon, and they continue to find the Ion uh, uh, trail, um, and then they find even more debris, they beam it aboard, and Bolana quickly identifies it as Commander Chakotay's shuttle, and everybody is sad. Uh, and then we cut to the Class M moon, where Chakotay and Carr are unconscious on the floor, or I guess on the ground, and they, they regain consciousness, and Carr is aghast that Chakotay ran away, uh, as opposed to fighting a giant ship that he could not win. Uh, and I think at some point, it may not have been this scene, but Carr says, do you want to die old and wrinkled in bed? And Chakotay says, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like that. Um, and Cultural differences. They're just never going to understand each other. That's right. Uh, and so Chakotay says, all right, well, you're, you're familiar with this moon. Um, but if you're going to complain about how I haven't killed you or I didn't let us die, then don't say anything. Uh, and Carr's like, well, he doesn't say anything. He kind of shrugs. And Chakotay says, well, the first thing we need to do is get out of this heat. So do you know where we could go? And Carr points somewhere. And Chakotay walks off. And we think, oh, uh, this might be a trap or something. Uh, and that's when Carr says, stop. And uh, Chakotay's like, what What the heck? And Carr throws a rock. And, oh, my gosh, there's some kind of proton ion beam thing. And we find out that this planet... Uh, is in fact a training moon, yes, but that the Kazon train using live ammunition so that there are booby traps all over the planet uh, and that they will have to find their way through it. And I guess in a fortuitous stroke of luck, they beamed onto a part of this moon that Carr is familiar with. <laughs> it's a, probably a very small moon. It I must guess. be small. It has to be a tiny moon. Very small uh, M-class moon. Like the, the little prince moon. <laughs> I, I'm going to rename this moon Plot Device. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that that would be an appropriate name for it. <laughs> uh, and so uh, they go off to follow. So now we're in the situation where, you know, Chakotay held, had all the power before uh, in this Carr-Chakotay relationship. But now Carr has the upper hand because he knows the ways of uh, Plot Device Moon. Uh, <laughs> and so we go back to Voyager where we get uh, a brief glimpse from the Doctor who confirms that uh, there is no organic material on the shuttle uh, debris, and could you please remove it from his sickbay? Uh, and He's very cranky. He is cranky. He doesn't want that clutter in his sickbay. Sure. Uh, Janeway says, okay, well, there's a Class M moon, so maybe he beamed to that, uh, but it has lots of hidden weaponry. Uh, this is, we get a quick glimpse of Kess, uh, and she talks about how she knows it's a Kazon training site somehow. Uh, and this is when Neelix says, yes, the Kazon use live ammunition. Uh, so uh, Janeway, for some reason, uh, as in the fine tradition of Starfleet captains, decides that she must beam down to the incredibly dangerous moon, uh, which they cannot communicate with because of some kind of the radiation that's emitting from all these uh, They made up systems. a word for that. Was it like radio 
radiothermal, radioionic thermal, yeah, some kind something. of wacky uh, uh, radio something. <laughs> Radiation that doesn't exist yes. exists on this moon. It does, and it's interfering with their communicators, but they can transport to it. So very conveniently, yes. So they transport down there. Uh, well, Chakotay, not Chakotay. Well, Chakotay's already there. Tuvok, Janeway, and Kess, I guess, transport down there. Um, I don't know why she takes Kess. Uh, I don't know why she goes herself. Uh, Tuvok, being the security officer, makes perfect sense. Uh, and Tom Paris is in charge of the Enterprise, uh, not the Enterprise, uh, the Voyager, as she leaves. Uh, and then we switch to the surface, and we find that uh, Chakotay and Char, Car, not Char, <laughs> uh, Chakotay, uh, Chipotle and Chard are sure, sure. <laughs> found a cave, and uh, Chakotay is using his tricorder to send a homing beacon because he hopes that... Uh, you know, his friends will find him. And Carr sure. basically is like, well, your friends have abandoned you because this is hopeless. No one's going to get you. Uh, I should kill you and take your technology uh, and make my name that way. And Chakotay's like, sure, do whatever you want. Um, and uh, Chakotay says, uh, Carr's like, I'll never earn my name. Did you have to earn your name? And Chakotay's like, well, uh, my name, I, I hold it very... Uh, in high regard because my it comes from my people, but I didn't have to earn it. I had to earn my uniform by taking lots of tests and studying hard and learning. He, how to he does make it sound like school is very cool. <laughs> he does. Like he's like, but learning. I I studied science and math and history and the stars and cars. Like, oh, okay. That's fine. I, I kill people. I just want to kill somebody. <laughs> it doesn't have to be you fine. necessarily, but you are the closest person. Basically. <laughs> um, I, I think this is also – this is the same conversation where uh, uh, he, he he starts to learn that, that Carr's people – that the Kazons uh, value territory. Yes. And so so Carr is like, I have to get my name because I have to have my territory and territory is power. And this is where Chakotay whips out the line – a man does not own lands. <laughs> and I really started singing the colors of the wind at that moment. I was like, wow, we're really, we're going down that route. Yes. And this is another okay. moment where he says, my people have learned the lesson that a man yes. does not own land. Yes. And a lot like, of talk about his people. Okay, Chakotay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. I just, you know, character development maybe would be nice. Well, that, he's Native American. That's all you need to know. That's about all you him. need. It's it's eh, it's lazy. Okay. <laughs> and he likes school. <laughs> and he likes school. School's right. very cool. It is. Stay in school, kids. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> unless you're a Kazon, and then I guess just go kill somebody. Sure, um, sure. Chakotay says, "Okay, let's go to sleep." Uh, and so Chakotay goes to sleep. Uh, Car is uh, tossing and turning. Uh, he looks at the tricorder. He thinks, oh, maybe I'll take this weapon that I have and kill Chakotay. So he stands over Chakotay, uh, ponders, uh, but then he puts the tricorder down, makes it homing, a homing beacon again, uh, and decides not to kill Chakotay. It's, it's, it's a very actually long scene it where is. nothing happens. It he, is. He, he's just being sullen. Like he's a sullen teenager just pacing and staring <laughs> and looking at the weapon and looking at Chakotay sleeping on the floor, mm -hmm. trying to decide not to kill him. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing that happened. Thanks thanks for not killing him so the story could go on. That's right. It, it would have been a very different episode if he had killed Chakotay in cold blood as Chakotay was sleeping. There's, I mean, there's a lot of trust in this episode. <laughs> and, I, and Chakotay's going for that. He's like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to express this trust in a way that will make it work. That's right. Okay. Ch Chakotay has faith that he can, he can turn this kid around. Yeah. Uh, which seems to be misplaced. But still, hey, whatever. No, he, the kid didn't kill him.
kill him. So that's true. You know. He's onto something. This Chakotay. Yeah. Don't don't uh, question Chakotay. Is what I've just learned. <laughs> uh, and, uh, meanwhile, in orbit, uh, Voyager sees that a K- the Kazon vessel with our friend uh, Razik appears and says, "Hey, Razik." Uh, no, he doesn't say that to himself. He says, "Hey, Tom Paris, I want to talk to your captain." And uh, Tom is like, "Well, I'm in charge, so talk to me." Uh, and we're looking for our officer Chakotay. And uh, Rask says, well, we killed Chakotay, so you might as well leave. Uh, And uh, this is the point at which Neelix has a rare good scene. It was a great scene, Uh, actually. Yes, because he he gets up and he's like, hmm, this is interesting. And Tom is like, Neelix, what the hell are you doing? Uh, You are doofus. Don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Neelix, being a traitor and knowing much about this quadrant of space, uh, knows about the Kazons, uh, and he says, well, you haven't attacked us, and you're not threatening to kill us, uh, so clearly there's something up, and uh, it would be a shame if the other Kazon found out about your secret training base, even though somehow Kess knew about it, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, so you're probably not going to attack us, and Rezik's like, well, you know it's my training base, so there's lots of weaponry there. I could, with a button, blow it up and kill all the people you have down there. And Neelix is like, well, sure, you could. Uh, but that's awfully expensive. I know, because I've sold some of these weapon systems. Uh, and then you'd have to rebuild, and that's a hassle. Uh, and Razik's like, oh, fine. <laughs> uh, you've got me this time, Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically it, yeah. But Neelix is so, he's so, he's just trading on all this bravado. He's so confident. I know. He's just like, he knows what's up. And it's a completely different character. It's fantastic. I was. I'm. You're telling me that's not what he's like all series. No, he wears a chef's hat a lot and oh. bumbles around a lot. That seems like a waste. He's kind of comic relief. Oh. Uh, so they should have went with the more confident Neelix, but that's not what they do. Um, yeah, Neelix is a bummer. Uh, and so the Kazon land their ship on the moon because that's what they do uh, because they don't have transporters. Uh, and on the, they are, uh, they track down Janeway and her team and lie to them basically and say, oh, we're here to help you find your people. And Janeway's like, okay, but clearly she doesn't trust them, but she's like, all right, well, you can lead us to them. Uh, back in the cave, uh, Chakotay and Carr still aren't killing each other, <laughs> but they're talking a lot about it. Uh, and, uh, Chakotay's like, well, can't you just go to a different Kazon group? Uh, and Carr's like, no, dude, no one's going to take me. They're going to cut off my fingers uh, if I do that. They'll keep cutting off my fingers at a periodic rate. <laughs> um, Charming culture, really. That's right. And Chakotay's like, well, then why don't you just come with us? Uh, we've got room. We can put you in our, our ship. And Chakotay's like, Phew. No, uh, K- Car is like, whatever, man. I am a Kazon. I don't want to go with you. Uh, uh, and uh, then he gets a signal. Chakotay gets a signal that uh, people are getting closer. And then Voyager manages to break through the interference and call down to Janeway and say, oh, no, Janeway, they're Kazon. And she's like, I know, we're with them. <laughs> um, and uh, Chakotay, they talk to Chakotay. Chakotay says, prepare for a code white medical emergency. Uh, and now Chakotay has cooked up this scheme where Carr will kill Chakotay, but then Chakotay will be transported up to Voyager and resuscitated. And that way Carr will get his name uh, and Chakotay will be alive. And uh, and this is all totally cool because you see it's okay if he's brain dead for two full minutes. <laughs> the right. technology will save him. I mean, he literally says that he does. <laughs> I'm gonna be fine. I'll be brain dead for two minutes. Technology will save me. And I'm listening to this going. I'm sorry. What? Like this is this is this is a plan you're going to do. 
Okay. Well, but it turns out, so they find, uh, the, the way team finds them with the Kazon, uh, the car says, oh, thank goodness, uh, Rezik, you're here. I have captured Chakotay, and I was oh, just waiting. Oh, you forgot the part where, where the Kazon steer oh, yeah. the team into a little booby trap area, and they get trapped in a force field for, like, a minute. <laughs> I know. Less than a minute, <laughs> it's, even. It's, it's the most wasted, like, di- divergence ever. They're trapped for, like, ten seconds, and then Kess says in, like, her only line in the whole episode, uh, let's just knock out that, that machine over there that's charging this whole thing. Yeah, and which, they do. Which seems free. like a big uh, problem when you have a force field that can just be knocked out by shooting through the force field and hitting right. the thing that's generating. Oh, because they have to modulate the rate at which the phasers or something vibrating and... Oh. That's right. Technobabble solves it, it. It was. It was a lot of that. <laughs> is, is Kess... I have a question. Is Kess put to better use in other episodes? Because she seemed really pointless here. Uh, so Kess leaves <laughs> shortly okay. after. Sure. I think sure. this season, maybe. Uh, she was not well used much like neelix mm. uh kes and neelix are in a relationship um but uh yeah she's kind of wasted um although i think i don't think the actress wanted to stay um sadly but i would have preferred to keep kes versus neelix but you know <laughs> sometimes uh, you can't choose <laughs> no true uh so yeah after this uh a diversion they all arrive at the cave cars like hooray i've got chakotay as my prisoner i'm going to kill him uh but then car because Carr and Chakotay have bonded and they are now friends. So Carr says, Chakotay is not my enemy. Rezik is my enemy. And he kills Rezik. Uh, and uh, that means his his buddy, the second guy, is now in charge. Uh, and so the, the newly in charge dude says, okay, Carr, you can have your name. Uh, and uh, Carr says, great. Oh, and by the way, Chakotay, if we ever meet again, I'll kill you. Uh, and uh, there you go. And then, it's, well, it it's ends. It's a very heartwarming ending. It, well, Very it ends with uh, Chicote once again in his fake ritual, uh, hoping that his father's spirit will watch over himself and Carr, uh, because Chicote is nothing if not giving to his enemies. And and we're serenaded out on pan flutes again. That's right. <laughs> and that's the end of initiations. Why uh, why don't the Kazon just kill them in the cave? <laughs> like they're all there, they're all bloodthirsty. Apparently, they could just shoot them all. Uh, they don't. They don't, and uh, there's no real reason why they don't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there were multiple ep- moments in this episode where somebody could have killed somebody and just didn't, for whatever reason. Well, you know, it's difficult to kill somebody. <laughs> plus, plus, including including the let me be brain dead for two minutes and they'll resuscitate me thing that doesn't happen. <laughs> like, they set this up. That's how the whole thing's going to resolve, and then they just, like, abort that idea. Which is, it's better that they did, but from a storytelling perspective, it was an odd little, like, red herring that they just throw in there and then... Well, I never. guess they wanted they wanted to show that while on the surface, Carr says that he has no feelings towards Chakotay and uh, that he'll just kill Chakotay, as he says many times, although he never does. Uh, he has, in fact, softened to Chakotay uh, and kills the, the other guy who is, I guess, a jerk. I don't know, but... Yeah, he was a jerk. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, he's not. We don't even care about him. So what do we care? He he's the one that can die. Chakotay can't die because we know his name. Well, obviously, yes. <laughs> so he's gonna live. We know that. Uh, so this is your, I guess. Uh, well, the first episode of Voyager is a two-parter. So technically, this would be your third episode third of episode. Voyager. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? I liked it. Um, I think this episode probably doesn't represent. Obviously, Voyager. It, it's it's in such a a single focus, mm-hmm. character based kind of 
thing, but it felt a lot like uh, it felt a lot like Star Trek, right? It didn't seem yeah. like not Star Trek. Um, this is a very Star Trekky episode. I know, I know. It's it's very Star. It, it felt like DS Nine, which makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. they were kind of on at the same time, so so that seems reasonable. I would like to to give Voyager a shot um, now that I uh, I have better feelings towards Janeway than I thought I did. Um, I, I probably might have seen a handful of episodes when it first came out back in the nineties. Um, and so I had this memory that like Janeway was terrible, right? Like that she was an awful captain, that yeah. she was like stiff and dry and just mm-hmm. didn't really have any personality. But I don't know if it's that I've watched a lot more Star Trek now, or maybe it's that I've watched a lot of Orange is the New Black. Uh, but now I'm like, oh my God, Kay Mulgrew is amazing. Like she's a fantastic actress and she's got all this life to her. And what was I thinking back in the nineties? So for that reason alone, I would like to give Voyager a try. I was thinking the same thing in the 90s, uh, and, and I was also wrong. So, And I also have watched a lot of Orange is the New Black, so maybe that's the comment. Maybe the that's gateway. what it is. Watch Orange is the New Black, and then you'll be interested in Voyager. You know, I, I honestly was thinking that. Before this podcast thing even came up, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Voyager a try now that I've seen her as Red. You know, it's, you just love Red so much that you're like, oh, okay. It's true. She's fantastic in that, and she's fantastic in Voyager. Um it, not apparently, that, uh, apparently pretty good. I, I don't know if it was that we were expecting her to be Picard and she wasn't, so we were angry. Was I that think, it? I think that might be a bit of it. Um, <laughs> and plus she was a woman, so people are like, oh, a woman can't be captain. Um, well, probably not you because you're a woman. No. Uh, but, you know, I will admit when I was a younger man, I was kind of like, what is this lady doing uh, telling people what to do? Uh, but now I'm much more mature and uh, realize that uh, that was uh, not that was wrong of me. And in fact, Captain Janeway is a very competent captain, even though she falls into <laughs> The, the the trap of beaming down to dangerous away missions for no particular reason. But don't they all? They do. They have to because they're the main characters. So if they just stayed on the ship, uh, it would be kind of boring. True. Uh, even Picard puts himself in danger once in a while mm-hmm. uh, when he doesn't feel like sending Riker to screw it up. Uh, <laughs> well, Lisa, uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Next on Random Trek. The Next Generation's Darmok. 